What's up, my friends? Welcome to Good Human, a show on the Cheap Seats Network where we chat about wellness, lifestyle, navigating this crazy world, and just doing our best to be a good human. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode. Happy February! You did it! You made it through the longest, coldest, darkest month of the year. Congratulations. Today, we join each other for the monthly chit-chat. This is recapping the month of January, where we just kind of chat about stuff on my mind, stuff I've been doing, some of my favorites. You already know, I have a sparkling water. Can't record a podcast without a sparkling water. Today, I have the Trader Joe's seltzer with a splash. I don't know what the difference between their seltzer water... And their sparkling water is. It comes in a different packaging. Um, But this one is blood orange and orange juice. And it is delightful. So let's crack open a cold one together, shall we? Ooh! I'm so sorry if that was like ear piercing to anyone listening with headphones. But with that, let's dive on in. So the month of January, I have very mixed feelings on. I love the turn of a new year and my birthday is at the beginning of the new year, so that's always fun. But then after like mid-January, I'm very much over it. I feel like it's a agreed upon thing that January is like one of the worst months, but it is my birthday, so I do I do kind of like it despite how cold and dreary and dark it is, especially if you live in Pittsburgh where I live. I like spent the majority of my life not knowing that it was a fact that Pittsburgh has, like, statistically some of the grayest days out of the year. Like, the sun just doesn't shine here. So that's a fun piece of data. Good for the mental health. But I kicked off the month by turning 25. I think that means my brain is fully developed now. Which, what does that mean exactly? How underdeveloped are our brains before turning 25. Because between like 18 to 25, you're making a lot of big life decisions and that feels like your brain should be fully developed for that, but hey, I guess not. But your girl did it. Her prefrontal cortex is indeed fully developed now. And I feel like it's pretty common when you turn 25 to kind of start freaking out a little bit, like you're halfway between 20 and 30. I don't feel old at all, though. Like, not at all the exact opposite, to be honest. I still feel like a baby. Does that feeling ever go away? Every age I get, I feel like it puts it into perspective how young I really am. Or even how young I was. Like, I'm watching The Bachelor now and seeing women on there that are, like, 23. (gasps) That disturbs me. 23? You're but a mere child. What are you doing on The Bachelor? But if you are in the boat where you're in your mid to late 20s or even entering into your 30s and you feel like you're rapidly aging and should have your life together by now, I saw a TikTok that kind of talked about this, but a comment on the TikTok that really resonated with me was that a 25-year-old is only a 7-year-old adult like from 18 to 25 is seven years. And I would even venture to say that's an even younger age of adulthood and that a lot of people are not a fully functioning self-sufficient adult at age 18. Like 
I've only been post-college in my big girl job with my big girl bills for a couple years now. I am an infant. And I will be exclusively thinking of age that way now. I'm a seven-year-old adult. And the point to that is, don't expect a seven, eight, ten, twelve-year-old adult to have it all together. As Kris Jenner once said, you're doing amazing, sweetie. So for my birthday, we went to a museum and then we went to dinner. We went to a restaurant that I'd never been to before. And I hate to say this out loud because I don't fully know if it's pronounced this way, but I can't think of any other way that it would be pronounced. Like when my coworkers were asking me what I did for my birthday, I specifically avoided saying the name of this restaurant. Pussities? I'm sorry. Like, is that how it's pronounced or am I way off base? I don't want to have to say that to people. Anyways, yes, I am an 11-year-old boy. Pussities makes me laugh, okay? If you're in the Pittsburgh area, it's in Lawrenceville. It's like a fancier Thai restaurant with this beautiful, like, modern greenhouse type ambiance. They have this whole outdoor section with tons of greenery. Obviously, we went in January, so we did not get to sit outside but it was so beautiful and the food was fire. And it honestly was not too crazy expensive. We got a couple drinks, an appetizer, and we ended up getting three entrees that we kind of, Matt and I split, and dessert. And I think it was around $140. So like, definitely not your average Wednesday night, but for a nice restaurant, not too bad. And out of the nicer restaurants I've been to in Pittsburgh, it's probably up there in the number one spot for my favorite. If you like spicy food, Asian-inspired dishes, if you like seafood, if you're just like sort of trying new things in general, 10 out of 10 recommend. We got this vegan coconut ice cream that came over like a sticky rice for dessert. I didn't know how I would feel about rice being on a sweet dish. It was incredible and I really can't wait to go back in the warmer months and sit outside, get some cute photos. I'm obsessed. Oh, and the bathrooms were very nice and very clean. I am huge on, like, I judge a restaurant based on how clean their bathrooms are. And pussities, (laughs) pussities hit the mark on restrooms and on food and on ambiance. I can't say enough good things. Can't wait to go back. Earlier in the day, though, we went to the Carnegie History Museum. I've been to the art side. It's all in the same building, but I've never gone over to the history side, and it was huge. There was so much to do. We didn't even get to get through everything because the museum was closing. So again, can't wait to go back, and that kind of just inspired me a little bit to keep exploring Pittsburgh. Like, I've I've lived here for a little while now, and there's so much that I haven't done or places that I haven't eaten at, so little reminder to explore your own city. I will say my birthday threw me into a slight quarter-life crisis and not in the way where I'm like, wow, I'm so old. Like I said, I do not feel old at all. But in the way where I'm like, wow, I'm so young, I'm going to hopefully live for so much longer. What the heck am I going to do with the rest of my life? Like there's so many years ahead of me. How do people, what do I, where, who, what, when, where, how, why, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, which is fine. I can't expect to know what the rest of my life is going to look like. It's just kind of crazy to me that I potentially have so many years ahead of me. But that sort of quarter-life crisis lined up really well with something that I'm doing at work. I'm in the middle of this workshop called 100 Things. 
It's sort of a goal-setting workshop to briefly summarize it, but one of the tasks that we had to do was write our own eulogy. And the point of it was to get a better understanding of the way your life has looked versus how you would want it to look. Like, if you died today, would you be satisfied with everything that you did? Or would there be a bunch of things that you're like, wow, I never ended up pursuing that and I really regret it? And I think it's hard to write your own eulogy in general, but especially at this young of an age, because I think no matter how you've lived your life up to this point, you're of course going to be like, I wish I had more time. But writing your own eulogy really puts into perspective and highlights your priorities and maybe points out to you that you're not living your life in the way that you want to be living it or there's certain areas of your life that you're not putting focus that you wish you would and it sort of just gets you redirected back on the path that you want to be on. So if you're feeling up to it, if it's not too morbid, I would recommend writing your own eulogy, who you were, what you did, what you didn't do, and then the next part of that was we revised it to be our ideal eulogy. So you're rewriting it then to include everything that you would want to do in your life. Again, it just sort of helps you frame up what you want to get out of your life. I love a little reflective exercise, so I found it very, very insightful, very interesting. It got me very emotional. I was crying, so just a heads up if you're not really feeling in the mood for that, maybe skip this one. But if you're feeling up to it and feeling like reflecting on your life thus far and where you want it to go and what you want it to look like, try writing your own eulogy. We're only on week three of this workshop, so hopefully there's some more I learned that I get to share with you guys. Other fun and exciting things that happened this month is I got the stomach flu. Oh my god, I have not had the stomach flu in years. I would not wish that upon anyone. <laughs> it was miserable beyond what I can put into words. My body was just getting rid of every ounce of liquid that was inside of me. I couldn't eat for like three days. I obviously couldn't do anything. Like I was just so weak and tired. My poor little stomach. I'm so happy to be feeling better. It really only lasted from like Tuesday afternoon to Friday. By Saturday, I was back to feeling 100. And I was really, really nervous that it was kind of going to throw me into a funk because over the last year in 2021, I had a handful of things happen that kind of just completely threw me off track and just felt like one thing after another was hitting me. I would get into a really good groove with stuff, something would happen, and then I would get pushed off track. So I was really worried and feeling anxious that this stomach bug thing was going to push me into another funk, but it didn't. I feel back to normal and I feel a little bit overwhelmed with how much stuff I have to get caught up on, but it's all good. Something I did start last week while I had the stomach flu though is a program called Period Reboot. I've been following this woman on Instagram for a while. Her handle is at Menstruation Queen. Her name's Cassandra, and she helps to identify the underlying issues behind having hormonal balances, sort of healing your cycle, all the good hormone stuff that I've been absolutely obsessed with over the last year or so, because I myself have been having a lot of issues with hormonal imbalances, getting off birth control, acne, if you've listened to any of the previous podcast episodes, probably mentioned it before. But every so often, Cassandra opens up this class called Period Reboot. It's a couple weeks long, and she dives in with a small group to talk about 
why your hormones might be imbalanced, why you might be having painful periods, why a bunch of stuff going on in your body might not feel right. And I'm just so excited about it and excited to get answers. And I'm learning so much. It's insane. It is just insane to me how we are not taught things about our own bodies, especially people with periods. Like, we're just straight up not taught things. We don't understand how our hormones work. So then when things go awry, we have no idea how to fix them. And if you saw on Instagram, I'm also having a guest on the podcast in a couple weeks. The episode will go up. Her name is Maddie Miles. She is the owner of Peace Love Hormones. She is also like a hormone expert. And I am going to pick her brain about how we can be living more in sync with our cycles. So stay tuned for that. And if you have any questions for Maddie, go over to my Instagram and shoot me a DM. But on this period reboot program, we have weekly calls. And today we talked a lot about food And it is so crazy to me that the things we're taught are healthy, especially from a diet culture point of view, like intermittent fasting, keto, diet foods, chronically under eating, are likely actually hurting us. Which just furthers the point that diet culture and fad weight loss tactics are never about being healthy. Putting your body under tremendous stress to lose weight is not healthy. And it damages our hormones so badly. It's also a consumerism capitalist thing. Like, how can we get people wanting more? How can we keep people feeling horrible so then we can sell them stuff? How can we keep people on this hamster wheel? And I could go on and on and on about this. The more I learn, the more fascinating it is to me. And it's so empowering to take charge of my own body. And something I've been really focusing on for a little while now is managing my stress. Be mindful of those stress hormones. I used to live off of cortisol. My body was constantly in fight or flight and if it weren't for the pandemic forcing me to slow down, I honestly would probably still be living like that. That's why glamorizing, being busy and productive, and feeling stressed all the time is not cool. I've always said like why is being busy such a competitive thing? It's not a flex. Treating your body like shit is not a flex. I used to pride myself in being booked and busy And it got me nowhere but being extremely burnt out. No one praised me for being super busy. No one congratulated me. No one gave me a medal of honor for never having time to sit down and enjoy some TV. So say it with me again. Being insanely busy is not a flex. And resting is not something you need to earn or feel lazy for doing. It is literally critical for our health and well-being. So with that being said, I have been trying to focus on doing things after work and more specifically right before bed to support my hormones and de-stress. We all know looking at our phones too much is not good for us. So I've been trying to do some different things right before bed that don't involve me being on my phone. So I wanted to share a few ideas, first of which is read, and more specifically, read something kind of boring. I know that sounds lame, But you don't want to pick up the newest Colleen Hoover book that you're going to be enthralled in and stay up until 2 a.m. finishing. So when you pick a book that's a little bit boring, like something of interest to you, but maybe something nonfiction, it's a nice calm way to occupy yourself until you're sleepy enough to fall asleep. I've been loving a puzzle lately. I love coloring books, like adult coloring books. You can journal, sort of do a mind dump if you find yourself having a lot on your brain before you fall asleep or you stay up because you got a lot in your mind, take some time before bed to journal it out, get it all out of your brain. 
and I have been trying to look at my phone less right before bed, but I do love a good game on my phone or on an iPad. There's a game called I Love Hue, H-U-E. It's like a color puzzle game. I downloaded, I think, in March of 2020 when the pandemic hit. It's so good. If you like colors and like aesthetically pleasing things and puzzle games, I Love Hue. Download it. I also love Sudoku, currently loving Wordle, of course, and I found a website. It's called Wordle Unlimited because I love games like that and one Wordle of the day is not enough. So I found a website that kind of rips off the original game. It's not from the original creator. It's like not the same website, but you can play as much as you want. And if you need something to listen to, I really love the Sleepy Bookshelf. It's on Spotify. I would assume it's probably on Apple Podcasts as well. This British woman with the most buttery voice basically reads novels, like there's Pride and Prejudice, Alice in Wonderland, there's a couple different novels that she reads, and they're broken down into different sections, and she reads the stories in a really calm, chill way that gets you ready for bed. She even says that she leaves out any parts that would startle you or anything, like it's just a really nice way to relax into sleep. So those are some of the ways that I am de-stressing before I go to bed instead of scrolling on TikTok for three hours and then being wide awake because my brain is thinking of 500 different things. Okay, and I know this is going to be an interesting transition from me just saying how important it is to slow down, but I'm starting to feel like I'm having too much downtime. Like the pandemic forced me to slow down, which is great, but lately it's been feeling a bit too chilled out. Like, I find myself having too much free time after work. And like I said, I just end up scrolling TikTok for hours and it makes me feel horrible. And then I haven't really been enjoying the weekends because I spend my evenings watching TV or TikTok anyways. So the weekend comes and relaxing doesn't really feel so relaxed. So I've been considering for a little while now getting back into a side hustle of sorts. I guess you could consider this podcast and Instagram a side gig that I do, but to me this is just fun and I've been wanting a way to make some extra money and in the past I've done some freelance work in my field of instructional design and I've also done social media management, like running the Instagram for a business. And recently the freelance opportunity came back up, so I said yes and I am restarting my side hustle. I'm excited to A, make some extra money and B, see how it feels with occupying more of my time with this. And I want to say, you totally do not need to get a side hustle. You do not need to feel guilty for not doing anything after work. I personally am just feeling like I could use some extra money and want something to occupy my time like that, but if that's not the vibe for you right now or at all, then try some new hobbies if you're looking for some new ways to fill your time. You do not have to be a slave to capitalism, babe. We are made for much more than being a bunch of worker bees. But if a side job is sounding like something that you want to do, I wanted to share some ideas because I have a bunch of them. So firstly, social media, like I said, is a great one, whether that's you taking your personal platforms to the next level and starting to collaborate with brands. If so, episode 13 might be a good place to start for content creation side hustles, or you can do it for a brand like I did. There's tons of resources online on how to get started in social media management or like a virtual assistant. Another idea that I love is house sitting or pet sitting. One of my good friends does this and it's a great way to sort of double dip your time. 
I am all for maximizing your time. If you work from home, especially, you can work from someone else's house. And this might not be as consistent or regular, but if you know someone who travels often or needs a pet watched or their house at, you can do it at the same time as your nine to five, which is uh, just the best. When I was in college, I worked in a tanning salon and it was the most ideal job because I got to do my homework and all my assignments while I was at work. I did my work duties and would obviously stop what I was doing when someone came in, but I had a lot of downtime at that job and I smashed out all of my homework. So I love a part-time job like that for a college student or a front desk job in general. Again, if you're in school or even after your day job, work at the front desk of your gym or your hair salon or wherever. I also wanted to touch on freelancing. If you do work in a field that lends itself to freelancing, see if you can find some opportunities on LinkedIn. Obviously, if you were an engineer or something, it's probably not going to work out, but writing, graphic design, training development, those are all opportunities for freelancing. So like I said, I would start on LinkedIn or utilize any connections that you have. Like I got this little gig that I'm doing through a person that I met at work a while ago. So you never know where the opportunities could come from. So be open to talking to new people and learning about new things. So those are some of my ideas for little side hustles if you're feeling like you're in the same boat as me and you're a little bit bored, to be honest, and want to make some extra cash. Maybe consider some of those things. Alrighty, my friends. I think that wraps up the January chit-chat. I did want to announce that I am transitioning into weekly episodes. Typically, I post every other Tuesday. I really want to start posting every Tuesday. And with Valentine's Day approaching, I wanted to do a V-Day themed podcast. It's also my fifth anniversary with Matt coming up, but he's a little shy to come on the pod. This is just not his thing, which is why he's not on my social media that often. I try to really respect his boundaries with him not wanting to put his life out there on social media like I do. Maybe someday I'll get him on the pod. But in general, I'm also not a huge Valentine's Day girly. So I thought, instead of me coming on here alone to talk about love and relationships, I want to make it a little bit more fun and relevant to everyone because lots of people aren't in relationships. And I think Valentine's Day can be an annoying time for a lot of people. So I want to hear your stories, your craziest dates or most wild relationship stories or the best date you ever went on or the worst date you ever went on. I want to read your juicy, funny, crazy stories on love and dating. That way, we can all have a little fun, and it's not just for couples. So stay tuned for a form I'll be putting out on Instagram that you can fill out with your stories. You can find me on Instagram at goodhumanpod or on my personal Instagram at abby underscore wellner. And with that, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening, and I will talk to you next Tuesday. See ya!